This Money Wise podcast is underwritten in part by Eventide, believing that investing is more than just returns. It's an opportunity to partner with companies that align with your values and are making a positive difference in the world. You can learn more at eventideinvestments.com. Hi, this is MoneyWise. I'm Rob West, and it's so good to have you with us today. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. At the end of the year, many people do extra giving, sometimes trying to take advantage of tax deductions, and sometimes just because they're trying to catch up with giving they intended to do earlier. Whatever the immediate motive may be, giving for the Christian should have a deeper motive. I'll talk about that just ahead. Then to the phones for your questions on any financial topic. The number, 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, from time to time on our Monday program, we like to revisit the five basic things you can do with money. Here they are. You can earn it, live on it, give it away, owe it to someone or the government, or you can grow it for the future by saving and investing. Those five are easy to remember, earn, live, give, owe, and grow. Today, I'm going to focus on giving money away. Now, as I mentioned, there's a good deal of emphasis on giving at the end of the year. A lot of that is because of the tax deduction allowed for giving. People want their giving done so they can claim a deduction on their 2022 taxes that they'll be filing a few weeks or months from now. Well, you need to be aware that the deduction has changed since last year. For tax year 2021, you could deduct $300 in charitable giving, $600 if you were filing jointly as a married couple, even if you didn't itemize. But that was a temporary deduction that's gone away. It doesn't apply for 2022. Now, to get a deduction for giving, you do have to itemize your deductions. But here's an interesting fact. With the standard deduction being much higher than it used to be, relatively few taxpayers still itemize. Only about 12%. That means that for most folks, a tax deduction doesn't come into play when making giving decisions. And frankly, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with taking a charitable giving deduction if you meet the requirements, but whether or not you get a tax break should not be the deciding factor in whether to give. That's because for the Christian, giving is a matter of the heart. It's a sign or a demonstration of our love for the Lord, much in the same way you probably just gave Christmas gifts to your dearest loved ones. Giving a gift to a friend or family member is a way of saying, I love you and I'm so glad you're in my life. Money has value to us. We work hard for it. So when we use it to buy a gift for someone, we're saying, I treasure you more than money. The same is true of giving to God's work. Whether through giving to a local church or a specialized ministry, we're saying, Lord, I treasure you more than money. You know, it certainly seems providential that here in the U.S., our coins and currency have on them the phrase, in God we trust. Every time we see that, it would be appropriate to say, amen. Our attitude as believers is that our trust is in God and not in the money we have. When we give, we offer testimony that we really do trust him. We trust him to meet our needs, and we trust that his grace is sufficient for us in every situation. 
Uh, let me tell you a true story. In 1859, French tightrope walker Charles Blondin walked above Niagara Falls on a tightrope, 1,100 feet from end to end. He then did it again, blindfolded. After that, he asked the crowd, do you believe I can do it again? They had already seen him do it more than once. So they called out approvingly, yes, we believe you can do it again. At that point, Blondin asked for a volunteer to climb on his back and go across the falls with him. As you can probably guess, no one in the crowd volunteered. No one believed in him that much. Well, when we give generously from the heart and with the right motives, it's like saying, Lord, I do trust you that much. I believe that although I'm giving this money away, you'll take care of me and meet all my needs. So as you do your year-end giving, remember these two things. First, giving is an affair of the heart. It's about what we truly treasure. And second, it's a sign of our trust in the Lord. And here's one more thing to keep in mind. As we give, we reflect the heart of God who gave us his only son, the one whose birth we just celebrated. It's an opportunity to demonstrate our love for him and to be connected to where he is at work through our generosity. You see, folks, we actually get to participate with the King of Kings. Well, again, thanks for being with us today. Just ahead, we'll be answering your questions at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. By the way, that number is open 24-7, so call anytime. This is Money Wise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Stick around. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And Money Wise is here to help you and millions of others learn to be wise stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from Money Wise patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, please consider becoming a monthly Money Wise patron. Visit MoneyWise.org and click Give on the homepage. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes be like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Money Wise, where God's Word meets your financial decisions and choices. I'm Rob West. We're glad you've decided to spend some time with us today, and our phone lines are open to take your calls on any financial topic. The number to call with lines open today is 800-525-7000. Whatever you're thinking about today, we would love to help you apply the wisdom from Scripture to the financial decisions and choices you're making. Again, 800 525 7,000. 
Here's as we head toward the end of the year, it's a great time for me to remind you that uh, MoneyWise is listener supported. That's right. Uh, we do what we do on the air every day as a result of your generous support. And if you'd consider a gift, we'd certainly be grateful, especially here at year end, as we not only try to round out our giving for this year from listeners, but planning for next year as well. And uh, if you'd like to give a gift to the ministry, you can do that quickly and easily online at moneywise.org. Just click Click give again moneywise.org. Just click give, and you can not only find a secure form to give online, you'll find our mailing address to send a check or even the phone number to contact our team. And thanks in advance. And again, if you want to be on the program today, we've got some space for you. We'd love to hear from you right now. 800 525 7000. All right, let's get started today. We're going to begin in Chattanooga, Tennessee. WMBW. Gary, you'll be our first caller, sir. Go ahead. Questions regarding my 401k. Uh, I have a 401k through work, uh, and I also have a second one that I've started uh, a while back through, like, Betterment. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm told that the total for that that I can contribute to is 7000 And I'm, is that combined between the two, or is there a separate total for, uh, like, the work and the private one? Okay, so tell me again what you have. You have a 401k at work, and then uh, what is the second retirement account you're talking the se- about? The second one is just uh, a Roth that I've established through Betterment. Oh, a Roth IRA. Okay, and what is your age? Yeah. I'm 66. Okay. Yeah, so you can contribute through salary deferral in a 401k, uh, you know, $27,000 for 2022 if you're 50 years of age or older. Um, so, you know, you have quite a bit of money that you can put into those plans, uh, on a Roth IRA, you can put in up to $7,000 for this year if you are over age 50. So, uh, and you can contribute to both of them. Is that different though than, than what you're hearing? No, well, I just wasn't sure. I've asked a couple different questions and gotten answers, but they've been not explicit enough to give me the information I need, but you've been very helpful in that regard. I do have one other question, though. Yeah, go right ahead. The 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 my the one through the work is currently set up in a target like a twenty twenty five target fund. Yes. Uh, but given my age and assuming that my health holds out uh, and that my wife and I are both still alive that long, I'm anticipating maybe not needing that money until uh, like I'm seventy five. So I'm wondering if it would be advantageous for me to to move that out to like a 2030 fund or maybe something different altogether. Yeah. And so you said your age is 67. Is that right? I'm 66. Yes. 66. Okay. And your best guess on when you might need to start drawing an income from that would be what? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping when I'm planning on working until I retire again, if my health holds out Uh, and between that, I have a small pension through, from, through prior, some prior stuff. So, so long as my wife and I are both alive, we'll be okay with that. Uh, we won't really need to draw on that on that income. Um, I'm, you know, the target is maybe seventy five. Um, okay. Before we would actually need that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would certainly be fine with you uh, getting a little more aggressive on that, especially given the fact that you would uh, not expect to need that money. Um, you know, that would give you the ability, number one, to let it recover, um, you know, with 
the um, in uh, stock market being where it is right now and uh, expecting a recovery to come sometime next year. By moving it out to a 2030 fund, you would probably expect to have, uh, I think, a typical uh, 2030 fund is going to have about 35% in bonds, about 65% in stocks. Um, so you just have to recognize that, uh, you know, with essentially 65% um, in uh, or somewhere between 55 and 65% in stocks, you're going to be a little more volatile. So you just need to make sure that you're, you know, comfortable weathering a little more volatility even in this season of life. But so long as, again, you don't see a need for this, you just want to let it continue to grow and you're comfortable seeing, you know, a statement that is down 15% or, you know, maybe even 20% if we were to get into a full-blown bear market, whether that's next year or, you know, five or six years from now, um, that you would feel like you could ride that out and not feel compelled to kind of rush to cash, which would, you know, cause you to have to lock in those losses. So I think, you know, as long as you have a plan, some rationale behind it, and you're willing to stick with that long-term plan, then, you know, I would be comfortable with you taking slightly more risk than we would typically advise with somebody, you know, in their late 60s. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. All right. You're very welcome, Gary. Uh, I think, you know, one of the other things I would challenge you to do is just define enough during this season of life. You know, there's an exercise that you can go through, whether you do that yourself with an online calculator or by hiring an advisor to determine what is our ultimate savings goal. And are we on track for that with the current amount that we're putting away, plus what's already in there and reasonable growth rates over time? Uh, or do we still have a ways to go? And at what point do we draw kind of a financial finish line in the sand to say, you know what, we've accumulated enough and therefore, or we can increase our giving or, you know, do other things with that money uh, beyond just continuing to save for saving sake. So I think each of us needs to wrestle through that decision, both for lifestyle spending, that's, you know, your income, uh, but also uh, for your ultimate long-term savings and accumulation, just so you know what the end is. It's defined, and then that gives you the freedom beyond that to say, you know what, we've accumulated enough or we're on track to do so, and therefore maybe we ought to be looking for other needs around us or aligning our passions with giving opportunities, things like that. So uh, if you haven't already gone through that exercise, Gary, I think that would be well worth your time. And if you need an advisor to help you with that, there's some wonderful certified kingdom advisors there in Chattanooga. We appreciate you calling today. Thanks for being a part of the program. 800 525 is the number to call. We have a few lines open today. Uh, let's head to Ohio, WCRF. Hey, Ed, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Well, hi, Rob. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. I've sort of got a question that I've been, you know, pondering for a little while, and it's outside of your realm of topics today, but I just thought I'd throw it out there anyway. Sure. Um, can you advise, or are you aware of, and actually it's, uh, I'm going to split it into two tangents now. Are you aware of any faith based financial institutions such as banks and things like that? And how about any faith-based legal organizations, you know, uh, uh, attorneys and things like that? 
Yeah, I wouldn't have a legal, uh, although you could contact a CKA and ask for a referral to a godly estate planning attorney. They would all have one. Uh, with regard to financial institutions, there are some good ones. I would direct you to look to the Christian Community Credit Union at cccu.org. We know those folks well, and I think that would be aligned with what you're looking for as a banking institution in particular. This is Money Wise. For a bit longer anyway, we'll change our name in the new year. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. Do you feel like your hands are tied with debt, preventing you from serving God? If you have credit card debt, Christian credit counselors can help. Through our debt management program, we can get you out of credit card debt about 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. For more information on how Christian Credit Counselors can help, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Or call 800-557-1985. Great to have you with us today on Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host. We're taking your calls and questions today. The number, 800-525-7000. Hey, just before the break, we were talking to Ed. He was wondering about a faith-based banking option. And I mentioned our friends at Christian Community Credit Union for believers, and I gave an incorrect URL. So let me correct that now. If you'd like to reach out to the Christian Community Credit Union, you'd do that on the web at myccu.com. That's M-Y-C-C-C-U.com. You can check it out today. All right, back to the phones we go. Chattanooga, we'll stay right there. Lindsay, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I had a question. My husband got into some debt over the past few years on a credit card. Um, of course, the interest rates were very high once the promotional period um, goes away. So he recently took out a personal loan to pay off the credit cards so we could get out from under the weight of that interest rate. Yet I was wondering how can he build his credit score back up while we continue to pay off this debt? Yeah, so what is the credit what is his credit score? Uh right now it's probably six hundred and fifty. It used to be probably closer to eight hundred. Okay. Does he have late payments? Um, I'm pretty sure there were a few that were late, yes. Okay. So that will take care of itself over time as long as he continues to be an on-time payer. Now, what may be hurting him is a couple of things. Number one would be the credit mix. So 
the based on the credit algorithm, 10% of your score comes from the various types of credit you have, and the score rewards folks that have different types of credit. So uh, having revolving accounts like a credit card on top of a mortgage, on top of an installment loan, like a car loan where you're paying a set amount each month, uh, having multiple types of credit all in good standing is going to improve your score. And if he paid off the revolving account, um, you know, and replaced that with the personal, then that changed the credit mix and may have pushed the score down. Obviously, the late payments are going to impact it as well. And then the credit utilization would be the other big one, which has to do with the total amount available versus the balance. So if that utilization of credit is above 30%, that's going to drive the score down. Uh, I think the key right now is let's try to get out of debt. And so that's a number one, uh, just doing whatever you can to keep lifestyle at a minimum and get as much going to the uh, paying uh, of those uh, debts as possible to keep those balances coming down. Uh, Obviously, you want to improve your score over time. So what can you do to that end? Well, one option would be um, what's called a secured credit card, Lindsay. So um, if he wanted to put or, or to get you all wanted to put a certain amount on deposit with a bank and have a credit card issued against that, which prevents you from ever being able to go into debt because you can only charge up to the limit uh, that's on deposit. And then what I would do is put a recurring budgeted charge on that card every month. It may be a subscription that's already built into your budget of you know 10 or $12 a month and then pay that off in full. Well, that's going to do a couple of things. It's going to add that credit card, that secured card back as one of the credit lines in your credit mix. That's good. And then secondly, it's going to show you as an on-time payer every month with that particular account. Uh, That will help improve that score over time and at the same time ensure that you all don't ever get overextended. So that would be a secured credit card. Uh, One other option would be, do you have accounts in your name only that are current and in good standing that... um, he is not a part of? Um, I have like a home, I'm sorry, a car loan in my name. I don't believe I have any credit cards in my name. Okay. Because if you did and you were using those for budgeted items, you could add him even without him using them as an authorized user. And then that would be reported to his report. So I think perhaps this next step for you all is to have this secured card. Since credit cards have gotten you in trouble in the past, I would stay away from an unsecured card where they just extend you a five or $10,000 limit and just allow you to charge as much as you want against that. I'd go with the secured card because that's going to prevent you from getting into debt, but still accomplish the same thing uh, from a uh, credit reporting standpoint, as long as you just have a monthly charge on there. Again, it can be very small, and then that uh, on-time payment will be reported every month. In terms of picking the financial institution, you could approach your local bank about that, or you could uh, check out nerdwallet.com or uh, bankrate.com to find which um, banking institutions uh, or finance companies have the very best secured credit cards right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's super helpful. Um, yeah, thank you. I guess I guess to follow that up, it's not necessary then for us to go into like a credit counseling arrangement. We can theoretically rebuild it on our own, taking these steps. 
You can. In fact, credit counseling won't really improve your credit score at all, uh, apart from helping you get out of debt. And it sounds like you're doing that on your own. And what you have now is you've eliminated all of your credit cards because you replaced them with this personal loan, correct? Yes. Well, it was actually okay. one major credit card. Okay. But you no longer have that because it was paid off when you took out the personal loan? I believe. I need to double check on that. I hope okay. not. But yeah, double check. Well, here's what I'm getting at. If you have a balance on a credit card right now that's active, yeah, I would put that into credit counseling because, again, even though that won't improve your score, it's going to help you get out of debt. And that's really what's most important. Through credit counseling, uh, you can get that interest rate lowered and get that paid back 80% faster on average. If you no longer have any credit card debt because it's all been paid off with a personal loan, that personal loan is not able to be put into credit counseling. Uh, so you would just keep that right where it is and just try to free up as much money as you can on a monthly basis in your budget and just try to pay that off as fast as you can by applying uh, you know, principal reduction over and above the monthly payment. But again, if you check and find out that you have an active credit card with a balance, especially if it's more than $4,000, then I would absolutely contact our friends at christiancreditcounselors.org. That's my preferred way to get out of credit card debt doesn't apply to a personal loan, but if you have credit card debt, it'd be a great way to go. Lindsay, thanks for your call today. All the best to you guys as you seek to be completely debt-free over time. You can do it. Just stick with it, and you'll get it done here in no time. And that's going to do it for us today. And as we wrap up, let me just say thanks for being with us today. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and coaches and web designers and media producers working each day to develop tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our website at moneywise.org and click the donate button to sign up? We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here and I hope you will be too for the next installment of MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you.